Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the little Walter Mercado that lives inside all of us. I'm Alicia Herder. I'm Tara Keck. Mucho, mucho, mucho amor. Mucho, mucho, mucho amor. And I'm mucho Tara. And I'm mucho, mucho Alicia. Okay, well, fine. I'm mucho, mucho, mucho Tara. Okay. Do we, we won't fight. <laughs> we won't fight. <laughs> <laughs> On today's episode, what are they wearing? It's witchy fashion, witches in the news, and two easy spells to quell anger. Boom. Gone. Get rid of it. Dispelled. Dust in the wind. Out of here. Oh, no, wait. I blew into the wind. Oh, it's in my eyes. <laughs> Angry allergy eyes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Did you have to learn the electric slide I in did, elementary school? I did, yeah. Why? Why did we, why? I don't know, but did you also do line dancing or square dancing? We did square dancing. I feel like one of those, it was like a night. You came mm-hmm. in after school and you like did the electric slide and a bunch of other dance things. I don't know if they were just trying to teach us dance, but by choosing the worst dances. Yeah, it's like the shopping cart. <laughs> I learned that at school. At school. At school. Why? This, this girl could the be YMCA. learning. I learned it at school. Is this in gym? It was in gym. Okay, that makes more sense because then that is like, you know, moving your body and, and stuff like that. We got taken out of regular school to learn square dancing because Achy Breaky Heart had come out. Literally shuttled to Texas. Literally <laughs> put on a plane. My parents were not told. No one was told. And a satanic cult came and collected us. As they did and taught you yes. how to square dance. Your achy breaky heart and then you kick your leg. Wait that came out in the 90s? Yeah third, second or third grade. And I just then, assumed that was older than us. No it's our. What? Yeah. How many other things are younger than me? <laughs> Internet. Yeah, I know that. Computers aren't. The internet right. is. Mm-hmm. How are you besides feeling old? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. Marcel and I moved, but we have no furniture. Oh, yes. But we got this like wooden entertainment system guy for free from a neighbor who was just mm. like, I don't want to have it. And we were like, we'll take it. We've got nothing. Please. And so it was the worst journey of pushing it on a dolly to our apartment and placing it and then at one point we finally get it in and in one of the drawers it wouldn't close all the way we were like what the fuck oh no this rich man gave us this shitty thing but no there was like a piece of paper (gasps) that was like hard to reach behind it and so like I could I tried putting my hand in there I couldn't reach it we ended up using Marcel's katana I don't know why he has a katana (laughs) these are boy things is it real is it metal a sword yeah oh my god he's had it since before me, which is saying something. I've been around for a bit. Okay. I have his katana. Okay. <laughs> his blood right katana from just, his father. Exactly. I'm trying to make sure I don't like hit the wood, of course, with the sharp side. Getting this piece of paper out. I missed the first time. Made it worse. I was like, oh, no. So I'm working at this for like 10 minutes. I finally get the piece of paper out. Drawer. Closes fine. Mm-hmm. Put the katana away, of course. Responsible. I have a cat. Mm-hmm. Respect. And I'm like, well, what's on this piece of paper? It was a checklist of narcissistic parental traits. And he had written next to them, he or his wife or partner, like what their mother does <gasps> in terms of that. And I was like, oh, oh my oh. goodness. Not respecting the boundaries of her children or not emotionally supporting me when I need it. And I was like, and I'm like, do we give it back? Do we? (laughs) No. Do we go back in and we're like, oh, this is yours. You might need it for therapy. I don't know when it could have been lost Mm -hmm. inside the entertainment system. Yeah. It could have been today or it could have been like three years ago. We really have no idea. That mom could be dead. That mom could be dead. They could have reconciled, and then this will reignite their anger. Maybe. But we also have another thing we want to talk about. Yes. It's big. It's bad. And you're going to put it in your bag 
or rather your cart, Auntie Public. What is it? More merch. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I like opened that door and you're, you were like, uh, is she like, going to say it? Is she? <laughs> who's going to say it? Alicia and I are launching a new series of merch items, NT Public, and it's called Familiar Vibes Only. It's awesome. Tara drew it, of course. She's amazing. She's talented. Appreciate it. You'll see it. You'll see it. And we've got one shirt that has this like wolf werewolfy thing happening and another one that has this very beguiling cat on it. Yes very beguiling so i hope that you guys will go check it out patreon has already had an opportunity to sort of snatch up some of their own and then on the instagram live this weekend we let everyone know at our beltane event so this is when we're letting everybody know that we have some awesome stuff coming up for the summer and we also have another opportunity something that maybe you could be a part of auntie public coming up this summer boom boom Okay, so. What are we talking about today? Fashion. Fashion? Fashion, fashion, lights, camera, action. Work it down the runway. Fashion. I wanted to ask a question up front, which is, Alicia, what is your favorite witchy item of clothing or favorite witchy accessory? My favorite accessory would be the little necklaces that we got. That's my favorite. Shut up. You can't fucking steal my answer. It's a a good answer. (laughs) It's a good answer. It's so cute. It's so sleek. And then I also like just any jewelry that family has given me or like Mm -hmm. accessories because then it just kind of feels like I have a connection to my ancestors when I'm wearing it. So Mm -hmm. I only wear it for like very important things like graduating or like I have a wristband that was my dad's and that he had in his backpack at the hospital before he died. My brother has one and I have one and sometimes like I like to wear it if I want to feel close to him that day. What about you? What's your favorite thing? Well, besides the one that that is, I stole. That you that you ripped from me, ripped from my heart like <laughs> like Ursula and I'm Ariel. Um Ooh, Ariel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um now she's on the spot. You know what should be witchy? What should be witchy? Eyeglasses. Wait, this is true because they're not very often. It is not necessarily an accessory, but it can be. But there's not a lot of witchy eyeglasses. I guess like... We did our whole thing of research and I never once thought about eyeglasses. I try not to think about money. (laughs) They're ever present. I don't know. I feel like sunglasses and regular prescription glasses definitely like create like points and angles on your face Mm -hmm. like in the 90s like all of the glasses were like really tiny and ovals and ugly and hideous like the cat eye ones oh my gosh and then that was my pair in middle school oh really i had a cat eye pair of glasses how fashion forward i know here i am (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i bet there's like a ton of like witchy spy glasses like historical spy glasses or like that'd be fun telescopes and haunted microscopes i'm going haunted too far. glasses haunted glasses <laughs> you only see ghosts <laughs> oh no dead people it's like what's that the they live or whatever that film where he puts on the sunglasses and then he sees like what the world really is which is oh yeah, zombies. yeah not good but today we're going to talk about witchy fashion so why is witchy fashion important i had the same question when i started my research and i initially found it sort of discouraging. I was listening to a bunch of like fashion designers, people that sell stuff online on Etsy and stuff like that. And a lot of people talk about like the industry as a whole as being really problematic and toxic. And much of its practices seem really predatory, meaning that it snags at the corners of like your personal insecurities. So already I was going into this research like irritated. (laughs) Plus it felt like recently the industry, like capital I industry, were riding the coattails of witchcraft as it ascended into like the pop culture zeitgeist. Like I was thinking of, like we talked about this, like Sephora. Like that's not necessarily that witch fashion, kit, yeah. But the where witch they had kit. the the sage, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and just like culturally appropriating things, like telling plus size people that they can't be in fashion, and like taking stuff from streetwear and turning it into high fashion selling it for like hundreds of dollars and not recognizing like that connection. I'm just thinking of anything on like. Kanye West line of clothing where it's just like a plain colored overgrown sweatshirt yeah four hundred dollars you know and it's just like okay that that white t-shirt he sold for like three hundred dollars and it's just a slightly longer white t-shirt that you will spill mustard on that you will when you go to the barbecue you cannot wear white out so like I personally felt like this interest in witchcraft was like really disingenuous Mm -hmm. but but I think that Fashion can just be 
be an expression of who you are. In recent years, the fashion industry is very slowly, oh, yeah. slowly, like turtle crawl, to be fair, trying to be more diverse in terms of like body size. There have been lots more fashion lines with people with disabilities mm -hmm. who star in the line. Mm -hmm. And so they're making this effort, and I hope it's not going to be put on pause because of the pandemic, but there's like a lot of push for more diversity and seeing people just wear shit. Yeah. Even down the runway. Did you ever watch America's Next Top Model? Oh my God. Emily Meyer is the queen of oh, America's Next Top this. Model. Yeah. Yes. With all like the really shitty things that Tyra Banks does to everyone in like the first seasons. I mean, maybe the whole thing, actually. I, I haven't seen the whole thing. Like eight seasons of that show. And oh she God. doesn't ever get better. No. And I think, I don't know if it's still like going. It's not going anymore. I don't think it's going anymore. She had a talk show for a while, which I heard was like, just as bad but you're just kind of on that tired train and you're like I'm here for her regardless yeah. of how cringy this is but yeah my favorite one that Emily made us watch was my favorite quotes favorite because it's so problematic is this girl before she was on the show had lost a friend who had died and the producers and of course Tyra and everyone else knowing this made the girls model inside like graves <gasps> yeah that's not, like, the only bad thing they've done. They will take people's, like, worst experiences and just make them do it. Mm -hmm. That's America's Next Top Model. Uh, Reality television, like, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. That was, like, Tila Tequila era. Yeah. Of, like, we're actually here to hurt people. And now we have, like, the fucking circle that's out. And it's just people being like, oh, these people seem nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just text chatting in like a room together. But fashion can be fun. And of course, an expression of who you are. You do not have to be rich to enjoy fashion. And some of the best parts about the clothing you wear are the stories of where it came from. Did your mom buy your shoes? Is that necklace you're wearing to the ball your grandmama's? If you throw on more than one ring, hey, you're edgy. You're super like, edgy. Welcome to the club. Like it's that easy. Like fashion is so stupidly easy once you're just like, okay, I'm just going to play with it. Yeah. Why not? It is something you can totally have fun with because there are rules to fashion, but there are also no rules. You can make up whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Like, as long as you feel good in what you're wearing, who the fuck cares? And that's what this episode's about. Welcome. It's who the fuck cares. When I was also doing research, it was like really difficult. I don't know if you ran into this. Like when you search witchy fashion... Everything is Pinterest boards and pictures of Nancy from The Craft. Oh, yeah. I can't find any actual information. Like, this was like two to three pages into Google, and I was like, we have to cancel the episode. Because <laughs> it's, it's just like people being like, you got to wear black. So I'd really like to thank Gabriella Rosales, because her website, thestylistwitch.com, and also I listened to a bunch of interviews with her, but on, on her website, she has a blog where she talks about the power of fashion and like the power of adornment. And I felt like it gave me a lot of direction in this episode. So I want to thank her at the top because I really love this quote from her website. And it sort of touches on the, some of the same things that you're talking about. So she says, fashion is an extension, an avenue of beauty. But beauty is not only physical. Beauty is a wavelength. It is an energy and a way of life. As Venus governs beauty and aesthetics, she likewise governs love. And the most important form of love is self-love. Honoring your beauty and your aesthetic preferences is a profound and sacred act of love. And with every act of self-care, our authentic selves are nurtured and become stronger, silencing criticism, fear, and self-doubt. Yes, Gabriella. I want you to hold on to that sentiment. So to love oneself is to honor one's authentic self. The more you honor it, the stronger it gets. And that authentic self comes already adorned internally with energy and preferences. And you can live within that shiny, like, Venusian energy, perhaps as a, like a cool blazer. Hell yeah. A bangle. Oh, a bangle. Oh, we're getting wild over here. Witchy fashion can be used as an extension of glamour magic, meaning there's already plenty of correspondence and blessings that you might already be playing with through your outfit. On top of that, fashion choices can be used to honor deities, connect chakras, and let others know that, yes, you do love Nancy from the craft. Alicia's got some history for us. Boom. And the thing that I thought was really funny is that if you're looking for historical witchy outfits... You're already wearing one. Boom. It's your birthday suit. Get naked, baby. Welcome back to the Naked Podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Alicia and I are like, zip. Zip. <laughs> <laughs>
being naked as a witch is probably the most legit part of witchcraft history, actually. You have to keep in mind that before Christianity took a hold of Europe, it was just pretty chill to be naked all the time. Like, it was, you know, pretty normal. At first, I thought you were saying it was pretty chilly, so they didn't want to be naked. But I guess... Yes. I mean, when the breeze gets, you know, you find a blanket of sheepskin or something, but. Which is also very witchy. Very witchy. The ancient Greeks and Romans had many festivals where they would party it up in the streets naked as fuck. Wow. So let's talk about Lupercalia. I actually learned about this in Latin class. In middle school? In high school. In high school. They were like, this is high school (laughs) level. (laughs) This is not for children who are going through like puberty. (laughs) This is for high schoolers. Lupercalia was an annual festival which was held every February 15th in ancient Rome to purify the city and to promote health and fertility. In this festival, men stripped naked, grabbed goat or dog skin whips, and spanked young maidens in hopes of increasing their fertility. And you, the gentle witch, yes, listener, may be like, I don't want to be spanked. But these people were so into it. Wow. So into it. Like. With a whip? With a whip, baby. And if you were a woman really wanting to conceive a baby that year, you went to that naked man and you were like, spank me, daddy. And that spanking was supposed to just help you conceive and have your merry family and not die in childbirth. The biggest blessing of them all. I wonder if that's connected to, have you ever heard of whipping trees, fruit trees? I don't know if I have. What are they? So say you grow a fruit tree. Mm -hmm. It's not bearing a whole lot of fruit. People will go up to the tree and whip the trunk so that the tree thinks that it's being eaten. (gasps) So it feels like it has to reproduce as fast as it can. So then it produces a lot of fruit. I've never heard of this before. That's crazy. I wonder if that's like connected. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure these Romans were fucking wild. This holiday was incredibly popular until the 5th century, and that was even 150 years after Constantine legalized Christianity in the Roman Empire. People like to get whipped. People like to get whipped. And guess what? We still love this holiday, but it's just changed its name. It's now called Valentine's Day. You're joking! It got rebranded by the Christians. (laughs) February in Europe, people are like, let's get naked in the streets. Let's get naked, baby! You're fucking joking, it's crazy. (laughs) And what's so funny is that throughout history, unless you go naked, of course, you are typically doing witchcraft or the occult with whatever the culture has at the time. So now we have a witchy aesthetic look in our zeitgeist, which I think is pretty cool. If using our imaginations, what could some of our old, old ancestors be wearing? Yes. And so here's what maybe our witchy friends could have been wearing. During the Han Dynasty in ancient China, the Hanfu was the traditional outfit. The Hanfu included a robe or a jacket worn as the upper garment with a skirt commonly worn as the lower garment. In addition to clothing, Hanfu also included several forms of accessories, such as headwear, footwear, belts, jewelry, such as yupei, which are jade pendants and handheld fans. And I bring up the Hanfu because I had stumbled over an article during my research about Empress Chen Jiao of the Han Dynasty who is now known as a powerful Chinese witch. Oh, yeah. People who practice witchcraft in China today still consider her to be their ancestor. And I bet her outfits were blinged out. Oh, my. The normal person, they probably had a simpler hanfu. (laughs) But this bitch, impress. Yes, mama. Then I was like, okay, what about witches in Shakespeare's time? Like Macbeth, the Scottish play. What are these people going to wear? So in Shakespeare's time, we were actually living in the Elizabethan England era, and the royalty had released the 1567 proclamation that restricted the clothing of those who were not elites. I mean, of course, the rich had better clothing, but now it's like, even if you're poor and you happen to have something nice, you should not be wearing it. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Can you own it and just not wear it? Or maybe it's like, you really, you can't wear the color purple or like... Yeah. Because it's for royalty. That's crazy. So what were our Elizabethan witch friends wearing? And I've got one word for you, baby. Ruffs. Ruffs. Just ruffs. Ruffs were worn by both sexes, by old and young, courtiers, and working people. They began as a simple frill at the neck of a full-cut shirt where it was gathered into a neckband. Women also wore dresses with fitted bodices and full skirts and an underskirt, of course. Even in witch costume stores today, like think Party City or some Target. (laughs) Some witch costumes come with a very fake looking stomacher sewn in. And that's the little jacket like 
bodice that you see. Funny, I never knew that's what it was called. I know. I was like, stomacher? I don't like that word. I don't like that word either. Men also wore dresses, but they were showing legs for days. I love those boys. Mm-hmm. They wore a doublet, short, close-fitting padded jacket, and of course those tight tights. Like football players with the little... With the little boop, boop. I imagine our witchy friends from this time period may just wear their clothes a little looser, you know, because you got to breathe when you're like connecting to the wind and the mm-hmm. energy of the earth. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to summon Satan if your rough like accidentally catches on fire. Oh, no. But I'm I'm very big into this whole rough idea, and I think we should bring roughs back. All right, you heard it here first. As a movement. <laughs> We're putting it on the on the tea public. Oh my god, that would be incredible. <laughs> also in the 17th century, black was very couture. Black was the color of wealth, modesty, and respectable mourning. So it's kind of a bit surprising that the somber color was attached to witches. Peasants and lower class people of the late 1600s to early 1700s could not afford black clothing. And this is where you start beginning to see the interpretations that artists would use to depict witches in paintings and drawings. If you're like, ah, they're wearing black. No, no, they're not. What witch owns like a castle? Yeah, true. Because what would you use to dye clothing black and like have it be so like sort of opaque mama you went to art school i'm not the one to answer that no i don't really know though because i feel like if you're gonna do natural dyes like it's really it's not like easy easy but it's like easy to get like a tan or like a you know sort of pastel or er colors yeah or like green and stuff like that maybe not even green but black yeah that's like where do you go probably an amalgamation of like a ton of different colors until it's like super saturated it's just muddy brown and everyone's like "Eh, black enough you know (laughs) it's close it's close. Aprons. Another 17th century aspect of the modern caricatured witch dress is the apron. Aprons were universal in the 16th, 17th, and 18th century fashion. Everyone wore them. They were all the rage. Get your own apron. They're great. Even if you were wealthy and never cooked a meal in your life, you still had an apron sometimes. Really? Just the way it went. Keep stuff in? What? I don't know if they had pockets, mama. That's too, you're too progressive. Okay, okay, I see, I see. (laughs) Of course, we have the witch's hat. We had a whole mini-sode in our Patreon about the possible origin of the witch's hat and how that was an item of clothing worn that was used to discern if that person was an other. Big O other. Mm -hmm. Around the Victorian era, those hats began to be appropriated into the wide-brimmed witch's hats that we see nowadays in stores every Halloween. Funny. That episode is so good. It's like a really good mini-sode, you guys. It is. It's crazy. When you just think about where things come from, sometimes it's baffling it is and it's it's interesting how like like I don't want to spoil too much of it but like some things can mean and have like some kind of meaning in one era and then another meaning in another era and another meaning in another era and this game of telephone like doesn't connect but all of those meetings meetings meanings Mm -hmm. are valuable yeah and like valid it's so cool yeah man everything comes from somewhere The Victorian era and their spookiness and love of the occult ushered in an era of what you would think of as the classic witch's attire, you know, in quotes. And they began playing with dressing up as witches as well, because now we're into like fun, spooky holidays like Halloween. And now they can be a little more commercial and everything's good. But none of the outfits are like cute. You all look really spooky. They're very scary. (laughs) And honestly, the gowns they wore in the Victorian era, just spooky as shit. Now we're at the age of television, and in 1964, we have two witchy families come on TV. The super stylish lady next door is Samantha Stevens and her mother and Dora from Bewitched, and Morticia Adams and the rest of the family of the Adams family. And another fun fact, the Munsters also came out in 1964, so there must have been something really spooky in the air. And there was, because in November 1963, Ah! John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Oh, no! So this is totally unrelated, but in terms of fashion, Jackie Kennedy, after the assassination, would not take off the pink wool suit that she had on. And so it was stained with his blood. And she was like, continued wearing it for the day for all the world to see like what they had done. Wow. Very powerful. Very like crazy. I feel so bad for Jackie O. She's such a fucking icon and like such a kind woman. And then to like lose her husband and... You might have had an affair with Marilyn Monroe. It's just like mm-hmm. so much shit for one woman to deal with. Yeah. And even if he didn't, everyone just remembers her almost like a, like a Hillary Clinton, except like everyone hated Hillary Clinton. No one hated Jackie O. Yeah. And now we have all of the witch pop culture that you can steal fashion inspiration from like right now. 
We have the iconic cloaks mixed with Catholic school uniform from Harry Potter. Anything from the 1990s that comes out of Charmed. Visualize like a cool witchy denim jacket. Like that would be so dope. The Victorian inspired tops from Penny Dreadful. The bell dress with the lace collar that Sabrina and the Weird Sisters wear in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. The red leather pants style icon Buffy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, not a witchy, but you know, she may as well be. She's precious. She's basically a witch. Her best friend's a witch. Her best friend's a witch. That's a spoiler, but it's been out since, you know, it's been out a long time. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, we don't. I've never actually watched it. I just know from. Oh, okay. You know. Or even the big wild 80s hair from Babe's Cher, Susan Sarandon, and Michelle Pfeiffer in The Witches of Eastwick. Y'all got so many options of what you can do for witchy attire. Make a vision board. Make a vision board. That Pinterest, it's all there already. (laughs) You really just have to save Pinterest boards and pick and choose. And of course, Tara mentioned Nancy from The Craft and that whole goth aesthetic. So let's just touch on that like a little bit. So goth is a subculture that began in the United Kingdom during the early 1980s. It was developed by fans of gothic rock, an offshoot of the post-punk music genre, and also draws from the fashion of earlier periods, such as the Victorian, Edwardian, and Belle Epoque. Never heard of that era. It's French. So it's from the late 1800s to World War I. Wow. And I think that's the Moulin Rouge period. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Mm -hmm. see. And they're all just really depressed and controlled. And drunk. And dead. You know. (laughs) And then in the 1990s, Alexander McQueen kind of made goth couture. McQueen was the bad boy of the fashion industry, and his fashion was like the bringing in of darkness into high fashion, which of course trickles into mainstream fashion. He wanted to create scenarios that made people uncomfortable and challenge them. And then it was pretty much dead by the time we went to high school, except for like those three kids who always hung out together. Goth was around like Papa Roger. I guess it was more punky though. It was like scene. Just the huge trip pants are all I'm thinking of. With like the chains on them. Yeah. And this darker type of fashion depicts the clash between tradition and transgression. It's about subverting expectations and pushing the fluidity of identity, especially in terms of gender and sexuality. I was goth for a while. Were you ever goth? No. I liked wearing black, but Oprah told me black was slimming, so. Oh, that was why. So you're here in the little black dress. You were not here in the black eye makeup, like the black I'm here because Oprah told me to, and I just wore a lot of raccoon eyeliner because I thought I looked good. It did look good. I felt powerful, and that's all that mattered. I was 16. Who the fuck cares? My mom in, I think, middle school and high school was like, you don't want people to, like, get the wrong idea about you, to which I was like, I am the wrong idea. I'm the wrong idea. (laughs) I also don't want people, yeah, it was very much like a coping mechanism, but also what I would do is that I would dress one way when I went to school and then I would put my goth clothes in my backpack. Oh, and you'd change. And I would change. And then Ooh. I would change before I got back. Oh, I love that. Because, you know, I was a little rebellious. Oh, man. I'm so about that. But if you want an alternative to goth aesthetic, this is what you're going to be thinking about. This is what you're going to be wearing. One of your first tactics is to look at your Venus sign. So Venus is the planet of love, aesthetics, and value, which means your Venus can give you insight into your natural style and taste. A Venus in Taurus, someone that's interested in comfort, materiality, and luxury, is going to have a different stylistic taste as someone with a Venus in Leo, someone who dresses to light up the room because they are, in fact, the disco ball. They dress as a disco ball. They are round, and they they come down from the ceiling. I am very shiny. (laughs) I reflect light. I'm at your bat mitzvah. I'm about to get the party started. And people are dancing all around me. Dressing for the season, the astrological season that is. No more sweaters. Get it out of here. Get it out. Uh, Well, we are in Venus and Taurus, so maybe some sweaters, but nice (laughs) ones. We talked about Venus and Taurus. When this episode comes out, we're in peak Taurus season. Mm -hmm. So the sun is here and it really wants some fucking snacks. Maybe like those good Japanese gummies that taste like honeydew melon. Something comfortable, chic, nice, good for at home. I don't want to go outside. I like to be at home. Yeah, but I like with to, my stuff. With my all my things. All my comforts. Come here. You can come here. Come over. Come over. Each season has its own energy that you can tap into either elementally, that's earth, air, fire, and water, directionally, its ruling planets, or its main characteristics. If you want to dress for the Taurus season, its element is earth, so I'm thinking greens like the grass, terracotta and earth tones like the ground, but also gems like minerals because Taurus invests in finer things. Can I just dress like a Bitcoin? Uh, Yes. (laughs) I am Ethereum. (laughs) Come mind me. Next, there's color magic. So we've covered color magic in previous episodes like candles and like 
color associations with certain sabbats, but the essentials of color magic are this. First, each color vibrates at a certain wavelength. Red is the longest and vibrates the slowest, and violet is the shortest and vibrates the fastest. So when these waves come into your eyes, they come into your eyeballs, your witchy eyeballs, and then your witchy brain reads these electrical signals, it impacts how you behave. So like, there's the idea that orange is supposed to make you irritable and blue is supposed to calm you down. Like, that's like science. Ooh. In addition, we all have strong mental and cultural associations with colors that give us important social cues. In the West, we wear black at funerals because it's considered a somber color and symbolizes grief. But in China and India, people wear white. And in Thailand, the widow of the deceased wears purple to symbolize her grief. All of these associations are correct. Yay. Everyone is right. Everyone. You are here. And you all get the Bitcoin. I don't know. I was trying to get everything. So if wearing orange connects you to an otherworldliness, then you can do it. And who cares if I think that you work at Home Depot? That's fair. When you said irritating, I was like, oh, my God, this might be actually why I hate Home Depot. It's very orange in there. It's so orange. Dolly has a new, like, harness. Mm -hmm. And it's orange. And I got it because it's, like, super safety. And um, every time I look at it, I'm like... She's like a little construction worker. (laughs) Like, can you put this wood in my car, girl? (laughs) What are some cool color associations? Here are just a few. In India, red is associated with all the classics. Fire, power, sexuality... But the vermilion red sindor, which is a cinnabar-based powder, is applied to a woman's part on her wedding day. That's like her hairline part. Mm. And then she can reapply it to symbolize her marital status, similar to a bindi or wedding ring. That's cool. And just to say, people put on bindis for a lot of reasons, but that's one of the reasons someone can put on a bindi. I love it. In France and Germany, yellow symbolizes jealousy, betrayal, and contradiction. In 10th century AD, the French would paint the doors of traitors the color yellow. How fucking rude. Like, I spent all this money to decorate my house, and you come here, and you ruin my door? Ew. Ew. This doesn't go with my aesthetic. No. In parts of Latin America where there is a strong Catholic influence, the color blue is associated with hope and good health because of its ties to the Virgin Mary, who wears blue robes and a blue headscarf. Which is all to reaffirm in you that the colors you wear have power, and whatever cultural or intuitive relationship you have to color is valid and super-duper cool. I love that. And if anyone questions you on it, you can just send them this podcast and skip ahead to this moment where I tell you, leave Lauren alone. Or just pee on them and then they'll never talk to you again. (laughs) That's what Alicia does. Alicia does this a lot. I piss on my enemies. Okay, second to last is jewelry. So witches and jewelry, who has met a more perfect match? I love it. Let's accessorize. All right, easy peasy. There's stones, there's metals, there's little spell jars you can wear around your neck. There's sigils, there's symbols, and occult iconography. The possibilities are endless. And if you have a charged pendant or crystal on a necklace, this can be a very easy thing to wear out and about and to also hide if you're like in the Bible belt where people at Walmart just don't like you. Just tuck that baby under your shirt while your haters are around and they will have no idea you're a witch. Ha ha, fooled them. (laughs) Ten points to witchcraft. Got him. Got him. Wearing rings on particular fingers could be helpful with subtle magic. If you hearken back to our palmistry episode, your pointer finger is ruled by Jupiter. Your middle finger is ruled by Saturn. Your ring finger is ruled by the sun. And your pinky finger is ruled by Mercury. So if you're a Capricorn and you have a garnet ring or some dark green nail polish, you can adorn your sweet middle Saturn finger and flip off anyone who asks you why you wear so many rings. Yeah, fuck that. Also, I became obsessed with men who wear rings, probably stemming from my love of Captain Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. But if you're a dude, get some rings because you'll look sexy as fuck. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's like such an easy power move. And girls, get some rings too. They're fun. And you look sexy. Everyone looks sexy. We all look sexy. So we had one Patreon question about male witch fashion, about how to do it subtly, but still like have a little bit of hey I want to be a cute witch like you know all the girls know what to do Mm -hmm. but what can the guys do to be a little bit witchy so if you want to identify more masculine in terms of witchy fashion we got you as Tara was just talking about painting your nails or one nail even can do wonders I've seen a lot more dudes recently get into painting their own nails and it's like really cool 
Most cis straight guys I know who paint their nails generally just do black nail polish. However, you do you, baby. Paint them fire truck red for all I fucking care. Like, that's fucking dope as shit. It's fun and it's cute and you look cool. And it's easy. Like, that shit costs like three bucks at Walgreens. It's going to set off your rings. Yeah. Who does? There's somebody I know who does it. Oh, I think it's actually Travis McElroy. Oh, really? (laughs) He does a lot of, he's like very, has very masculine qualities. Like, he's larger and has a big beard and stuff like that and he has huge hands and he's always showing off like him and his daughter like with their matching fingernail polish that's cute and it's like he does like a lot of very extensive nail art that's awesome that's more effort than i have honestly i mean look at my hands (laughs) (laughs) and if this makes you nervous you can just start with one nail wear it for a week see if you like it if you don't like it whatever it's not your thing if you do like it one nail looks cool because it's like an accent nail it is yes it's still fashion very simple. If you have a long beard, you can braid it and put some beads that you've soaked in moon water in your braided hair. And that bead can have an intention set in it as well. And you also look like a Viking or Cal Drogo, which that's awesome and hot. Super hot. Super hot. And my last thing is hats. I mean, don't do the long witch's hat like at your local Walmart in Georgia, but you know. We've established they hate you there. We've established, you know, not the best move unless you're feeling it, then you do you. But a simpler hat than a pointy-ass witch's hat is like a wide-brimmed hat. It kind of adds a fashion statement to your traditional fedora hat. So you can still get a fedora, but if you like make the brim just a little bit wider, it looks cool as shit. Yeah, you have to make sure that the size of your fedora matches your head. Yes. And it's always better to do a wider brim than a smaller brim. So definitely take a friend when hat trying. Mm-hmm. And trust that friend. Yes. Don't bring your friend who says yes to everything. Yes. You don't need, this is. <laughs> you yes. got to bring, you got to bring the friend who will show up and tell you no. That's a good friend. And there's no magic for that one. You know, just have fun. Yeah. Just wear a hat. I also think that they are witchier. Like there's something like natural nature I'm out. I'm connected. I'm yeah. connecting. Exactly. You wouldn't know this. You never watched Listen, uh, Listen to Your Heart, The Bachelor. Oh, no, no. It was on, what was it? I think? Oh. I thought you were about to sing me the Cascada song. Listen to your heart. Is that Cascada? That might not be. I think it is. It was just a homecoming bop. Yes. Prom bop. Everybody ran to the center. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Anyway, any final thoughts on witchy fashion? I feel like everyone, a lot of people's questions were like, how do I do this subtly? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be... Prancing Nancy yeah. witch. Yeah. yeah. I'm not extra enough for that. Or also, like... A lot of, I felt like some witchy fashion can be like a little tacky. Like if yeah. you don't accessorize or put an outfit together, like one giant witchy shirt and like jeans. I don't know. We're not supposed to be saying that like, I mean, obviously wear what you want, but yeah, that's my thought. <laughs> that's my thoughts. That is it. No. Yeah. I think there are just endless opportunities. And if you just start looking at it more of you can almost charge anything. Mm hmm. And set an intention with it and have it be like, this shirt makes me feel confident. Fucking lie to yourself. Like, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Just as long as you put that intention in there, then you'll start feeling the thing that you're telling yourself is true about it. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And it's about subverting expectations or you can take that to whatever degree you want. Mm -hmm. You also don't have to subvert expectations. Like, bewitched. Just close up the time. No one looks witchy. Or you can be Morticia Adams. Both are good. Both are great. You do you. I love it. And that means we're moving into... Which is in the news. Here we go. We got some good, good shit today. A Florida witch con artist is currently MIA. Bum, bum. Missing. Or hiding, maybe might be the word. According to Florida police, a mysterious woman named Rosalia advertised around Golden Gate in East Naples, promising to solve relationship problems using, in quotes, witchcraft services. Hmm. Hmm. The first victim called police on March 14th of this year. He told detectives he encountered a flyer for Rosalia's services at a 24-hour laundromat. Flyers had a 100% guarantee, promising results such as If you're having an argument with your wife slash girlfriend, she can help you with your problems. For Hmm. money. Sounds convincing, right? 
He made the call and appeared at Rosalia's office. Rosalia told the victim she saw something dark in his life during their first consultation. To fix the darkness, she told the man to sleep with three eggs under his bed and then bring them to her the next day. The man brought Rosalia the eggs, and she proceeded to wave them over his head and face, the report states. Then she opened each egg. The first was filled with blood, the second with needles, and the third with worms. Which I have to pause here because if the eggs were his own, then she's a real fucking witch. That's, like, really scary. (laughs) With the blood, I'd be like, oh, that's a bad egg. But then the needles, I'm like, how the, what? Worms, alive or dead? I don't know. Ew, I don't, oh, I hope they're dead. I don't want them to be alive. If the eggs were Rosalia's, she's probably the best con artist I've ever heard of. Like, that's crazy. But all of the articles I read did not say who the eggs belong to. And I'm like, this is important, you guys. Is she a witch or not? I feel like you would feel. She can still be a con artist and a real witch. Yeah, she could be both. I don't know. On his third visit, the man brought her $29,500 for her to bless. But when she saw a darkness in the money, she told him she had to take it to her temple in Fort Myers to clean and return to him the next day at 8 a.m. And then she ghosted him. Yeah, goodbye. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to spend your money. (laughs) What? What? I got to get more needles. I'm just like, yes, I feel bad for the victims, of course. But you met the, you just met this woman. Why are you handing her over $29,500? Go with her to the temple. It just baffles me. It, it's really... I can barely Venmo someone $5. I'm like, what? $29,000? Okay. So far, 10 victims have come forward with a total combined loss of $100,000. The media ads were published in December 2020, leading to the in-person scam beginning mid-January 2021 and ending mid-March 2021. Police are still searching for Rosalia, who, like magic seems to have disappeared. They are asking that if anyone has any information on this woman to contact the Naples Police Department. And then she takes off her wig and she's Anodelia Distabar. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Up next, giant Harry Potter flagship store opening in New York City. Oh, fun. A giant, I guess I'm just going to say this twice. Apparently it's big, guys. That's what everything's (laughs) saying. For Manhattan, they're like, it's big, yo. But a giant Harry Potter themed store will be opening next to the Flatiron Building in Manhattan in June. Wow. Spread over three floors, 15 different themed areas will house the largest collection of Harry Potter and Fantastic Beast products under one roof, according to Warner Brothers. Expect plenty of photo ops, including the chance to pose inside a London style phone box or inside the giant boots of Hagrid, which that sounds lovely, honestly. There will also be an interactive wand table, so fans can try the wand that suits them best. The store was supposed to open last summer, but of course, due to the pandemic, the opening had to be delayed. The store will open and welcome visitors starting on June 3rd. Wow. Boom. And then, I mean, we just got an alert that New York is going to open fully on July 1st. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, didn't get that alert. I wonder what that means. Mask off, baby. <laughs> Watch out, I'm outside and I'm vaccinated. And our last story for today. Legal trouble due to a Sabrina the Teenage Witch VHS tape. This is this is the drama I need. Allegedly, around 21 years ago, a oh. woman... <laughs> this is the drama I need. This is I the need. drama. This is the tea. A woman walked into a movie rental store in Oklahoma and rented a copy of Sabrina the Teenage Witch on VHS. And she then never returned the VHS tape. Now this woman is facing felony embezzlement charges for never returning the rented VHS tape. I know. I got it. VHS is super Online documents show Karen McBride was charged with felony embezzlement of rented property in March of 2000, but never knew about the charges until recently when she was trying to change her name on her license after getting married. Karen said, I had lived with a young man. This was over 20 years ago. He had two kids, daughters that were 8, 10, or 11 years old. And I'm thinking he went and got it and didn't take it back or something. She goes on to say, I don't know. I have never watched that show in my entire life. Just not my cup of tea, which so, I think is the funniest part. I don't fucking know. I don't. I don't. Who is so Sabrina? Someone took her rental card and just like, and then never returned it. How wild is that? That's crazy. Karen told reporters that over the last 20 years, she's been let go from several jobs without being given any reason why and said now that it all makes sense. 
She said, this is why, because when they ran my criminal background check, all they're seeing is those two words, felony embezzlement. I mean, I didn't try to deceive anyone over Samantha the Teenage Witch, I swear. She doesn't know. She doesn't even she know. Doesn't know. <laughs> At all. So funny, but also like awful, of course. Her poor life. On April 21st, 2021, the DA's office said it decided to dismiss the case against Karen McBride, but she does still need to have the case expunged in order to clear her record. So she can clear her record. It just takes a little bit of effort on her part. But how crazy to be like this thing dogging you and you don't even you're not even aware of it and you're not even the one who actually also that didn't is such return a, something. That is such a like a VHS tape. A VHS tape. I've definitely like I have Redbox DVDs that yes. I never returned. Same. Oh my god, it's so crazy. I'm gonna look. Alicia heard her criminal record. Get Instant. It. I think you have to pay for that. It's just all your professional accomplishments. Ugh, bummer. God damn it. And a picture of Mallory. My search engine optimization. Hold on, I want to do me. And Mallory's wedding. Criminal record. It's just a mugshot. Boom. Ha, it's me. <laughs> Wichita, Kansas. Oh, what'd you age do there? Age 43. Oh, not you. That's not me. Minneapolis, age 49. There is a Tara Keck. Why are there so many of you? And a neuroscience. I know about her already. Okay. okay. Continue. That was it. Thank you for listening to Witches in the News. Isn't that crazy? You all need to Google yourself and make sure that you don't have criminal records you don't know about. If you know about them, I'm not here to judge you. Yeah, no, we don't care. Unless it's like really bad. Yeah. Then we might judge you. You know. We'll definitely gossip about you. Maybe we won't judge you. We're talking about you already. We will head to the spell, which is two... A two for one. Two easy spells to quell anger. Yours or someone else's. It does not matter. We all are allowed to be angry. It's an emotion we've had since we were cave people fighting over, I don't know, what tree to piss on. Is that something we would fight about? Would we mark our territory back then? We're petty. We, yeah. We're really petty. But these spells you can do for either yourself or someone else if controlling anger seems to be a difficult task for yourself or that person. One is a crystal spell and one is a candle spell. So this is a pick your poison type of situation, baby. For the crystal spell, you will need one blue lace agate crystal and the power of the full moon. You know, the goddess, of course. You know, just the full moon. Just the full moon. You will need to leave your crystal agate outside overnight on the full moon. May 26 will be your next full moon. So there you go. I already did the research for you. How nice. The next morning... Either inside or outside, hold this crystal in your hands and visualize your anger or this person's anger subsiding and as a thing of the past. Just watch it disappear. Then you will hide the crystal. If you're doing the spell for yourself, hide the crystal in a place where you won't disturb it. If you're doing the spell for someone else, hide the crystal in a place where they won't find it if they come over. And smash it. Because they're angry. Because they're angry. And that's it. Boom. Anger dissipated. In the second spell, this spell you will need a light blue candle, a pen or a toothpick, a match, a lighter, blowtorch, something to like light a candle. Using a pen or toothpick, you will write the name of the person who is dealing with anger. Once again, this can be yourself or someone else. Using match, lighter, blowtorch, whatever, you will light the candle. And as always, safety is a priority when using fire, so make sure you are lighting this candle safely and that it can stay lit in a safe place. Let the candle burn all the way down. Ooh. And that's it. Good night. Thank you to The Little Big Book of White Spells by Ileana Abrev for these two easy spells. Ileana always coming in with those easy spells. I know, and this two for one. <laughs> yes. It's your lucky day. I love it. All right, is there anything else? Oh, oh! did we have something else? This is not a thing. What? But you guys, we are having some Instagram situations. Oh my God, I forgot about that. I can't believe we didn't talk about this at the top. Mm. So we'll consider this a part of our closer. But. So funny. There is someone. I don't know who they are. There's a picture of a woman, but someone is going around pretending to be us on Instagram. And they're going through our followers and following them. And then messaging them, right? And then messaging them. And like. Trying to sell services. Oh, what if it's Rosalia? Bum bum. Da 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 da. The only services we sell are just our good looks and funny talent. 
and and t-shirts <laughs> and t-shirts you know and t-shirts yeah, yeah yeah and no longer little books no no our inquisitive minds we've had some people be like oh I've interacted with this person like I messaged them and they'll share with us their interactions and it is funny but I would like to encourage you to not engage that if they do message you to just report them and um, let Instagram know that they are impersonating us if it's a listener stop it if this is you no bad you, you bad want to be me yeah you don't want to live inside this prison (laughs) this fucking hellscape (laughs) if you said which yes fan page that would be different yeah we don't care do whatever you are pretending to be which yes the podcast and that's a little messed up yeah and it is illegal yeah and i will come for you no i won't i'm tired but i will because i've got a lot of energy and nothing to do i'm unemployed Dun 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 dun. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but there are people we'd also like to thank. We would like to thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Porter, our creative director, and Kevin McLeod for the music. Oh, that music. Beautiful music. If they want to find you, Alicia, where are they going to do that? You can find me on Instagram at Alicia period herder. If I want to find you, Tara, where would I go? You can go on Instagram. You can find me at Her Lovely Face. That's my art Instagram, and it's popping because I have a show coming up in September. Yeah. Which you guys should come see. It's at Sweet Lorraine in Gowanus. Ooh. And then if you want my Finsta, that's underscore Little Moss. I basically just see if you're following Alicia or Witch Yes. We, the podcast, are on Instagram at Witch Yes. That is that is the name, at which, yes. If no. it's any different than that, that's mm. not us. No Bible. periods. No numbers. Nope. Share an episode in your stories. Tag us and we'll feature you on our stories. And if you don't like Instagram, you can always head over to Facebook. We've got Which Yes, the Facebook Coven. I feel like that one's been popping off more recently, too. Yeah. Everybody loves everybody. Everybody loves everybody. It's so much fun. And everyone likes a good meme, you know? Everyone's down for a good meme. We have a really awesome Discord that people are really engaging with. And then if you want to email us, you can reach us at whichyespodcast at gmail.com. And then... If you guys are wanting some extra episodes, if you're wanting some extra content, if you would like this to be a weekly podcast for you, you can go over to Patreon. $5 patron witches and above are getting two extra episodes a month, which means this is a weekly podcast for them. $10 and above get access to our close friends list, show notes. Sometimes they get like full moon tarot readings. It's really sort of like they're kind of the people that we test new stuff out on. And so they have a a sort of deeper relationship with us. Plus... Patreon, which has got early access to all of the merch, and they're going to have early access to all of the fun stuff we have coming up this summer. So get over there. What's the next episode? Last episode was on poisons. Next episode is about witchy plants that you can grow in your apartment that are easy. Yes. Nothing hard. We're trying to help you. We promise. We want you to be happy. Thank you to everyone who came to our Beltane Instagram Live. That was so much fun. And thank you for letting us burn all of your intentions. And this has been Witch Yes. Bye. Bye. Have a wonderful. Wait, wait, wait. What is it? Hags. Hags. Or hackus. Hackus. Have a kick-ass summer. summer. Jinx.